there's a prayer that Christ had spoken out over the apostle Peter. And I, it's something that the Lord has been bringing to my heart many times in the past uh, several months, actually. It's a prayer in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 34. Let's go ahead and turn there. I'm going to read it now. Starting in verse 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. I pray that your faith would fail not, and when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Now, I want you to notice something here. Jesus did not pray that Peter would not go through this difficult time. He didn't say, I prayed that Satan wouldn't be able to sift you like wheat. He didn't pray, oh, I, I, I just pray that God's going to deliver you from all that. What he prayed was, I prayed that your faith would fail not. It's almost as if to say, God is up there saying, look, you know what? I don't care what you're going through. I, I care what you're going through, okay? But your situation is not as important as what you believe about. What is your faith rising up and saying about the situation? That's far more important than what you're going through. We're all going through stuff. God never promised it would be easy. He never promised you'd never go through stuff. You're going to go through stuff. What do you believe about it? What does it mean to you? What's your attitude? What are you speaking about it? How are you feeling about it? What kind of things are going on in your heart? That's far more important than what you go through. The actual situation. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how good it yeah. is. <laughs> what do you believe about it? Where's your faith at? Are you speaking the promises of God? Or are you looking at what the devil is doing? Are you looking at what people are saying? Are you looking at how you're feeling? All of those things are not what's going to get you through. What do you believe? I've prayed that your faith would fail not. I'm praying for your faith. Hey, I'm seeing the difficulty that you're going through. I'm seeing the situation that's happening. I'm praying. You know what I'm praying for? I'm praying for the most important thing. What do you believe about? Yeah. Where's your faith at? Yeah. What are you speaking out? What are you proclaiming? What's your attitude? How do you feel about it? That's far more important. Far more important than what you're going through itself. Okay, I, wa I want you to notice something here. God sent out... 12 spies from the children of Israel <laughs> into the promised land, yeah. okay? Now, there were giants. We all know the story. There were giants <laughs> in the promised land. God didn't show very much concern for the giants that were in the promised land. Amen. Okay? He didn't say, well, I'm going to, you know, I, the, the, I'm going to take care of your concerns and just, I, I, I'm going to just make sure that there's no giants that are there before you even get in there. No, 
the giants weren't even that much of a concern to God. He says, there's the land. It's promised to you. Go get it. The 12 came back. Ten of them, what did they see? They saw giants. That's what they saw. Only two of them said, giants? No big deal. I see what God said. He promised it. He says it's ours. Those giants are just a little blip in the radar. They're no big deal. God's going to take care of it. I want you to notice something about that, okay? In the grand scheme of things, who got what? Everybody in that situation, read the book to the end, everybody got exactly what they said. People that said, oh, the giants are too big. God, what were you thinking? <laughs> they didn't enter into the promised land. Read it. The ten didn't enter in. The two that said, giants, no problem. God gave it to us. It's ours. Let's go. They stepped into the promised land. Your situation is not as important as what you believe about it. Yeah, amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know what? I would go so far as to say this. I'd go so far as to say this. There's no such thing as a bad situation or a good situation. It's all how you look at it. What's your faith? Where is your faith? What are you believing? What's your attitude? What are you speaking? about it because I've seen people in some of the worst situations and their hearts fixed on God and they're seeing his glory and they're walking in his promise they're in the worst situations and it's a good situation because that's what they see and then there's people I've seen in some of the best situations life is just handed it to them on a platter and they're grateful only choosing to see some of the worst things and I guarantee that good situation won't be very good for very long okay. what do you see Jesus said your eye is the light of your body if it's darkness how great is that darkness listen it's not what's outside it's how you see where's your faith what's your what are you believing what are your feelings We've talked about many times in the past spiritual warfare, the highest level of spiritual warfare that you will ever face is not fighting against the devil. It's fighting against your stinking thinking that gives the devil the power in the first place. It's your attitude. It's your beliefs. What are you speaking? What are you believing? What are the emotions that you're feeling? Where is all that coming from? That's what's going to determine it or not. I, I'm convinced that that's what Jesus meant when he said, make the tree good and you'll have good fruit. Okay? Tree will be measured by its fruit. <laughs> There's no such thing as good or bad situations. It's how you look at it. What's the fruit? What's the tree? What's the roots here? Where's your heart at? Amen. I've seen it all the time. 
I've seen this happen. We, we try to say, well, that's just a bad situation. God's going to get me through it. And I've seen people in good situations say, well, it's just, I, I'm just fighting. I'm struggling. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of, this, of a story. Um, let me tell you a story of back when we were going on our way to Uganda. All right, there's some of us. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's it. You're laughing because you're laughing because uh, you know you know exactly what happened. Okay, we're stuck in Dallas. Our plane. We got kicked off of our flight. There it is. Pull, the plane is pulling out, about to go on the runway, and we we had some visa issues, and it was the airline's fault. I'm. I'm still sticking to that to this. It was their fault, okay? And I, let me tell you something. I lost the victory. I'm up there, you know, we're, we're up there at the counter, with at their customer service counter, going through all of this stuff and talking about how, hey, this, this was your fault, okay? No, you miscommunicated something, and it, it was wrong, and we're, we're losing the victory, okay? That's Christianese for we got a little bit of, of, a, of a snotty jerk going on in us. And we're like, I don't care that I'm missionary here with, with all these people, and we're off to tell people about Jesus. We're, I was upset. I'm stranded at an airport, and, and they're, they're proceeding to give us this customer, this wonderful customer service that just ignored us and walked away from us mid-sentence and just was the most rudest customer. So I'm not even going to name the airline. I can't. No, I'm just so bothered by it, you know. But it was, it was like, you know, release the Kraken, you know. I was ready to just go, go at it with them, but there's, they weren't having it, okay. <laughs> 24 hour delay we get on our flight the next day you know we had to spend the night is either go get a hotel or spend the night in the airport um you know by the way sir's attitude was so <laughs> so wonderful the whole time he's just like well praise the lord you know we're gonna spend the night at a at a airport great um same with becca you know <laughs> becca's just got this great attitude. Everybody has a great attitude, but I've got this cloud over me. So <laughs> and then the next day we get there and you remember that there was these, uh, there was these missionaries that we met up. They're in the same situation as we were. It was like COVID things that got them kicked out. Us, it was visa things. Them, it was COVID things. And uh, I think they were Baptist missionaries. You know, I, I didn't ask them this, but I, I think that you know, just some of the things they said, you know, there's not only Christianese, but there's also denominationese. you know, you can just tell what somebody is or who they are, and God bless the Baptists, they were so, these, this group of people were so wonderful, their attitudes were so amazing, and they were just like, well, you know, we just got, we got kicked off and delayed, and we're just praising God, we're praying for the airline, and, you know, and we're right next to them checking in when the time comes to check in and they're over there witnessing and praying with with the person checking them in you know and, and like leading them to the lord and their attitudes were just so great and they're like you know we're just praising jesus and all of this and i know it's a setback but god is so good he's so faithful we're giving that that testimony you know and, uh, it really hit me like a ton of bricks i was like you know our attitudes could have been a little better. I'm sorry. Um, 
you know, I think I lost the victory and I, I feel bad. And that, that was a recurring theme on this trip. <laughs> a couple of days in, right, we spent the whole day breaking down. A, a two or three hour trip was all day because every 15 minutes we're breaking down. We're on the side of the road. Again, you guys all have the greatest <laughs> attitudes in all of this. But I'm sitting there kind of bitter at everything. I'm just kind of bitter. Like, you know, God, I'm out here doing this for you. And why aren't you making things going smooth with your traveling mercies that we pray for? We pray for some traveling mercies. Where are those traveling mercies? And uh, I got home that night and I watched this YouTube uh, just came up on my screen. I'm watching these other missionaries down in South Africa and these missionaries went through three days of car problems to get to their journey. And the whole time they're just like, well, praise the Lord. You know, God is so faithful in all of these trials that we're going through. And it's just, it's been hard, but God is good. And I'm just giving him the praise, you know, every step of the way God is showing us something new to do and something, uh, you know, we did we did we end up praying people. for some Every people getting up, yeah. and they got healed and stuff. But I'm, I'm telling you, I struggled. <laughs> My attitude, I really had to bring it around on that trip because these things that were happening were not wonderful things. And I just, I, I wasn't prepared for it. And I didn't handle it right. And I saw through all that, it's like God was, was speaking to me directly saying, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens to you. What is your attitude in this? Because God can use it, whatever, whatever's going on. What are you there for anyway? You're going to preach Jesus and, and help people? Well, you can do that wherever, whatever happens. In fact, you don't even need to leave it to go to Africa to preach Jesus, okay? What's your attitude in this? All right? Like I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm convinced that there's no such thing as a good situation or a bad situation. How do you see it? What do you believe about it? How are you engaging your faith in it? So let's talk about that. Can we talk? Can we talk a little bit? All right. Because some of the hardest parts of your Christianity, I want to shift a little bit and talk about emotions. Yeah. All right. Some of the hardest areas of walking out your Christianity is that this thing gets in your way called emotions. I know I'm supposed to forgive that person, but I don't. But I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm so upset. They were so wrong, and I was right. I I know that I'm supposed to live this way and do what's right, but I don't feel like it. I don't feel like I feel kind of lazy today. I'm not going to get up. That's the problem with Christianity. It's so daily. And there's so many of these things called emotions that you've got to renew. Yeah. All right. And what Christianity has said, and maybe even psychology in the greater world has said throughout the ages, or, or even just recently, is they've said, well, your emotions are things that you've got to suppress. You've got to hold them back. Just ignore them. 
Ignore your emotions. Your emotions can be evil. They can be enemies. They can go against you. And that's how we've dealt with it. Emotions, ah, they're evil. Ignore them. Go by only what you know. Now, I'm, I'm for the part that says go by what the Word of God says, okay? But let me correct that. Let me just tweak that just a little bit, okay? You don't need to suppress your emotions. You don't need to ignore your emotions. I guarantee you Jesus did not suppress or ignore <laughs> his emotions. Do you know what you do with your emotions? Here's a, here's a real, this is revolutionary. You going to get this? You change them. Yeah, that's good. You could change them. Do you know that? Yeah, amen. You could change your emotions. Some people don't believe me. I know. I know. They don't believe you could change your emotions. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Emotions are things that now, now I know I know what you're thinking. You might be thinking, all right, hold on now. Okay. Kid walks into a candy shop. Does he stop and think, okay, which emotion am I gonna choose? Am I gonna be angry? Am I gonna be Sad? Am I going to be excited? I think I'm going to be excited. Yay! <laughs> For being a, is that how it works? You choose your emotions. Actually, that's exactly how it works. But it just happens so quickly that you don't realize what's happening. You choose every single emotion that you embrace. It just your subconscious is such a marvelous wonderful piece of machinery that acts so lightning quick that you don't even realize that you've done it and it comes from your subconscious so you don't realize that you are choosing it because your subconscious is the place of your habits yep. any habit anything that you've done so many times in a row it just gets tucked inside of your habit place your subconscious where your subconscious just says we don't even need to think about that it's instantaneous but guess what you're still choosing it yeah you're still choosing it and it needs to be renewed. You need to go down to the subconscious level. It's called being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Going all the way down to the subconscious, concrete, set ways apart yourself, about yourself. That's what the Bible calls strongholds. We think strongholds are demons. Well, demons can take, take partnership with your strongholds. But the strongholds are the parts of your thinking, your thinking, that are set in their ways. Thoughts and imaginations and beliefs and attitudes and emotions that are set there that are contrary to God. As 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says, every thought, every imagination, everything that comes against the knowledge of God, those are strongholds. And those need to be brought down in Jesus' name. We need to consciously take notice of those things and change them. Choose to change them. You can do it. You can choose to change your emotions. And when you grasp a hold of an emotion, one of the fruits of the Spirit, you ever notice the fruits of the Spirit are emotions? <laughs> When you choose to grasp a hold of one of those emotions and say, I'm going to feel this, create a new habit instead of feeling that other one that I know is not right. And even though it's a habit, I feel like I want to do that. 
yet I'm going to go this direction instead. I'm going to feel this way instead. When you do that, it's called a virtue. Emotions that you choose because you know they're better are virtues. And it's practically every single fruit of the spirit that there is. When the spirit works powerfully in your life, notice that these things are very synonymous with them. I know that the fruits of the spirit are more than just emotions, okay? They're, they're powers, they're forces. It's, it's the Holy Spirit doing something in you. But notice that these things are very synonymous with emotions. The things that you feel. The things that you feel are so important because they, they're the, the backbones of your beliefs. The backbones of your thoughts, the backbones of your words, the backbones of the things that you act on. It's so important. We've ignored this. Our, our word, the church's word for this is suppress them, ignore them, get rid of them. You know, here, here's part of the problem. I, I want to address this. Here's part of the problem is that we look at emotions in, in two columns, okay? We've got good emotions and bad emotions, all right? Good emotions, love, joy, patience, bad emotions, hatred, fear, uh, uh, jealousy, bitterness, this whole list of, of emotions, all right? And you've got the good and you've got the bad. Always pursue the good, always resist the bad. Well, that's not the way it works. Can we talk? Yeah, Let me enlighten you on that, okay? Yeah. There are no good emotions and there are no bad emotions. They are all oh. neutral. Yeah. Amen. Okay? Amen. Do you know that God says, the Bible says that God feels some emotions that are over in this negative category that you've made over here? It says he's jealous. It says he hates certain things. It says he, you know what? These emotions are neutral. What makes them good or bad is what you direct them towards. What you choose to direct them towards. Okay? Because we always put love over here in this good category, but what if I love something I shouldn't love? What if I love cocaine? What if I love some addictive substance? What if I love something I shouldn't love? Then it's not a good emotion. We put hate as bad. What if I hate injustice? What if I hate racism? What if I hate things I should hate? That's a positive emotion. We put fear as a negative emotion. All right? Fear. The only form of fear that's bad and that's wrong is fearing that God's promises won't be true. That's in the Bible. In the Bible, that's the only fear that's bad and that's wrong. When you see don't fear when you see fear not, believe, only believe, it's talking about the promises of God. And There's lots of healthy fears out there, okay? Don't think that you need to live a haphazard <laughs> life. Well, I told me not to fear. Look, you sh everybody should have a healthy fear of running with scissors and with getting too close to the edge and with all these things that should be very basic fears. The one fear that the Bible says that you should not have yeah. is fear that God will not keep his promise. Amen. Yeah, that's that's good. Good. Fear that he's not faithful. Yep. Amen. 
every single time where it talks about fear. It's the devil twist coming in, using that fear to twist it and to, and to play your mind into giving him some control because he has no control. He's got to get it on his own and he only gets that by causing you to doubt God's yeah, word, good. God's promises. That's the only thing that matters. He doesn't care about anything else. That's what he wants to, get, to take away from you. He comes for the word. Okay, the bird comes to steal the seed of the word. God's promises, what God spoke over you, God's identity for you. That's what he's after. Hallelujah. You're going to find that everything boils down to, to two paths in life. Okay, believe God's promises or don't. Yeah, good. Walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. Direct everything in your life towards God or direct everything towards yourself, yeah. towards the world, towards what the devil says, towards what anything and everything that comes against <laughs> God's promise. Eternal or temporary. You could, you could pick things that are eternal or you could pick things that are temporary. It all boils down to that. That's the real. If you if you want to put a category, a column, make two columns in your mind of emotions. Ask yourself: Is this eternal or is this temporary? That's what determines whether it's good or bad. You got me. You feel me on that? Are your emotions aligned with me on that? Amen. Amen. All right. I mean, if anything, the, the negative emotions over here are meant to be uh, temporary, okay? Things like fear, things like hatred, things like jealousy, things that, that uh, they're not neutral. It depends on what you direct them towards, but they are more temporary emotions. That means there's a problem over here on this side. There's a problem that needs to be fixed. Over on this side, they're eternal. They're to be pursued indefinitely these are the end state that we want love joy peace towards the right things okay that's the category that we should be putting our emotions in are you receiving this oh yeah is this good amen proverbs says the book of proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Guard it above everything. Your heart, I believe your heart is your spirit. I believe your heart is your subconscious. It's the inner core of you. It's the deepest emotions that you have. It's your habitual emotions, okay? It's the deepest, dearest held motivations that you have. And everything that springs from that, that's your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to work on something? Work on your heart. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. The heart is more wicked above anything for somebody who's regenerate. The Bible teaches that, okay? It's not just, well, just follow your heart. (laughs) Regenerate your heart. Regenerate it. Change what's in your heart. Make it align with God. And then 
That's, that's the renewing of your mind all the way down at that deep subconscious level. That's what's going to align you with what God's best is for you. Amen. 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 A couple of, uh, couple of passages I want to walk you through here. Um, I, would, I would encourage you, if you're not going to a, a Thursday night Bible study, they're all on Thursday nights, uh, to get plugged in yeah. to yeah. one of those. Okay. Um, going through the word uh, step by step with other believers is just powerful. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we went through was Acts chapter 16, and I'm going to read an ex excerpt from that. Uh, it's Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 20. Verse 20 through 24. It says this, and they brought them to the magistrates. Now, this is a little bit of backdrop here. Paul had just cast a demon out of this girl that was making all this money for these people. They were mad. You know, take away somebody's pet demons, they get mad. Especially if it's making them the green. They're making some green off of this. And Paul, and so what do they do? They grabbed Paul, they brought him to the magistrates, and they said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive and observe. Verse 22, Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. <laughs> Verse 25 there. But at midnight, look at their attitude in this. Look at their emotions. Did they allow their emotions to get in the way? No. no. Not only, yeah, yeah, they, they didn't suppress them, though. Here's the thing. This is maturity. Here, listen to this. This wasn't them going, well, I want to be, but I'm just going to sing, oh, praise the Lord, you know. This was coming from their heart. Yeah. Their heart was transformed. Yeah. This, yeah. Is just, this was just natural for them, okay? Yeah. This is spiritual maturity. Yeah. God had worked on them already. This was coming from a place that, that rose up yeah. inside of them. That was yeah. From the very core. Yeah. It's just natural yeah. to them. Hey, yeah. Yeah. I don't care what I'm going through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no good situation, bad situation. What does my faith say? Amen. I've been through enough to know I'm going with God. He's yeah. good. I see his goodness in everything that I do. Yeah, amen. He's so good. And they praised him. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening in on them. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> 26, suddenly, suddenly, I don't have to tell you the, the rest. I'll cut the rest out. You know what happened. You know what happened. Angel shows up. <laughs> Chains just broke off of them. Doors swing wide open. God moves. Amen. And when God moved, he didn't come and find some people stewing with a bad attitude in the corner. Oh, God, going to get us out of this mess that you got us in. I want you to notice something here. 
he, we teach, well, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't preach the prosperity gospel. I'm sorry, but the, the word prosperity and gospel are synonymous. They mean the same thing. Yeah, right. Amen. Um, well, you, you, you might have people come to Christ for the wrong reasons. They might, uh, you know, they, they, they might not realize that this life still has trials and tribulations and they should just come to Christ humbled, knowing that woe is me. It's going to be terrible, horrible life that you might live because all the apostles died. They all died. Horrible, terrible death. Look, I don't see that attitude in any apostle's life. Amen. I don't see a woe is me. Better be careful what you tell people about the goodness of God. Don't want them thinking, you know. The people that criticize the prosperity gospel all have three car garages and, and air conditioning and big sky. All right. I'm saying too much. I'm saying too much. I've said enough already. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. <laughs> Listen, God is good yeah, all, all the time. All the time. And the message yeah. here, the message folks is that he is good. Yeah. And these guys went through stuff bad situations they suffered yeah. they even died they gave up their lives they didn't look at it that way. they didn't look at it that way <clears throat> come on yeah. Ooh. Yeah, did good. they look at it that way nope. no they're happy think about what todd white said <laughs> yesterday <laughs> yeah. yep. you're threatening my life let me get this straight. You're threatening that you're going to send me to be closer with Jesus, and that's. <laughs> He's my everything. Yeah. Amen. There's nothing this world has for me. Amen. Yeah. If I'm on this world, I'm still walking in heaven. Yeah. Okay, right here, right Amen. now. Amen. I'm walking through the door yeah. of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So good. You can't take that from me. Yeah. There was no, well, we're just going to suffer for Jesus. <laughs> they were, listen to me. Listen to me. Get this here. Okay, go back here. Acts 16, verse 21. They teach customs that are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Paul was a Roman, yep. too. He could have told them that. He didn't. Yep. He chose. <laughs> he chose to do this. Yep. It said, you know, well, the Holy Spirit's just going to lead us into temptation after temptation. It's going to be a horrible life. No, the Holy Spirit kept on moving them from town to town because they were, he was trying to get them to avoid persecution in all of these towns. It kept on saying they, the Holy Spirit didn't allow them to go there. Holy Spirit didn't allow them to go there. Finally, they were like, Paul was like, God, can you allow me to go to some place where I hear what happens to me? I'm going to go. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to step in Carol's way. Yep. He could have avoided jail. He yep. didn't. He chose not to tell them he was a Roman citizen. Yep. That's how. Isn't that crazy? And he led. Yeah. That's how crazy it is. Because there's this, there's this maturity that you've got to get to. Okay. There's this place where you've got to come to. Yep. Where you realize 
that if you could see the goodness of God, even yeah. in the worst Amen. situations, Amen. that that's where the greatest fruit is. Yeah. That if your attitude and your faith is reaching out to God in some of the worst, most terrible situations, that's where the light shines the brightest. Yeah, amen. That's where there's the greatest increase, not only in your life, but in those around amen. you. Yeah, amen. They learn this. That's what the mature know. They're, we're, they're not, these were children here, okay? Yeah, Their hearts were not attached to the world. Yeah, that's good. They saw something greater. <laughs> it was greater. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Acts 20. The story continues. 21. Verse 10 through 14. I could just walk through the whole book of Acts and show you this step by step. This is how we ought to be living. Acts 21, starting verse 10. And as we stayed there many days, a certain prophet named Agabus. <laughs> a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Verse 11, when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound it around his own hands and feet. And he said, thus saith the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, when we heard these things, both we and those from the place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem again. The Holy Spirit is trying to stop Paul from walking into danger, peril, trials, and tribulations. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was, okay? Don't ever let somebody tell you that God wants you to suffer or that God wants you in those places, okay? If we are in Christ, yes, the Bible does say if we are in Christ, trials and tribulations will lie ahead for us. If I was troubled in the world, so will you be. But we choose that. Can I make that very clear? We choose that. That's the way it ought to be. Quit, quit changing it up. That's not right. God wants you to thrive. He wants the best for you. Okay? He's going to help you. Now, verse 12. Now, when we heard these things, we both we and those with us, the place pleaded with him not to go to Jerusalem. And Paul answered, what did he answer here? Look at this. What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm not, I'm ready not only to be bound, but also die in Jerusalem. I choose it. For the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying the will of the Lord. This is a man that said, this is, first off, this is a man who the gospel truly changed his life. This is someone that the gospel got through to, and this was not the law telling him, do this or you'll go to hell. He wasn't, do this or else. This was not the heart of a man who was doing it because he had to. He's like, I get to. Yeah. Christ set me free from everything. Amen. I, the chief of sinners, deserved so much death, so much badness, so much. I, I deserved yeah. to get so much. And yet he gave me no condemnation. He died for me and gave me everything. He handed it to me on a platter. How can I help but go give that freely to everybody else? 
even if one person changes, it'd be worth it for me to give my life. How much more will it cause them to change when they see how much, how boldly I love not my life even unto death and I step right into peril and I know God's got my back. He's not trying to hurt me. He's helping me every step of the way. Hallelujah. Why on earth would you choose danger and persecution? Why on earth? These guys were bodybuilders spiritually. Like I said, the greatest growth comes from seeing God's goodness in the midst of pain, in the midst of sadness, in the midst of suffering, trials, tribulations. When things don't go your way, what do you see? What do you believe? What do you feel? I'm asking you that again. Which direction to you does your mind go? So much that means so much more in the scale of eternity yeah. than the actual situation that you're yeah, going through. Yeah, mm. <clears throat> yep. Okay. Good. Are we clear with that? <laughs> A mark of maturity is how one views pain, how one views weakness. You know, I'm convinced that there's no amount of pain. You, you ever notice this? Have you ever been through something so painful? Think of the most painful thing you've ever been through. And not only that, but you're on the other side. You've given everybody, you've moved on, you've healed, and you, you can only look back at it and say, yeah. Let me tell you something. If you've truly, If you're truly on the other side of it, Okay, it's different if you're still walking through it. But if you're truly on the other side of it, you wouldn't trade that pain for anything. Amen. Amen. You wouldn't trade it for anything. It made me who I learned so much through it. Things became so precious to me that that I took for granted. And things became so so enthralled. It it refined me. You won't, let me tell you something, you'll never trade that. You'll never trade that. You've gone through something, you're on the other side of it, Jesus has really healed you, and you're, you're not dealing with it, you know, if you're, if you're still, you know, if the tears still come up, maybe you've still got some healing to do, but if you're truly on the other side of it, you'd never, I, I challenge you to find anybody that would ever trade it. You're never going to trade that for anything. It's yours. Ain't no devil going to take it away from me. All you. All you. It birthed something so precious. It birthed appreciation. That's heaven's currency. You know that? They don't have money up there. <laughs> appreciation. <Yeah. clears throat> Praise God. Oh, Lord, let us never, ever live a life of comfortable Christianity. Let us never, ever live a life where we are just walking, doing things because we have to, getting the bare minimum, fulfilling our religious duty, 
suppressing our emotions rather than changing them, rather than being transformed by the renewing of our mind and offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. Instead, God, we're clinging to this world. May we never, never be that. Father, help us to love one another sincerely. The same way you loved us, help us to see, open our eyes to that. That we'd rather rather be wronged, that we would rather we give up our lives just to make a change in somebody that they would see, see that, see God's goodness, see his love, even the hardest, hardest person, be transformed. These things spark some of the biggest movements that we've talked about today. Some of the, you know, God moved across the world. Yeah. God, let us have that same fire, that same passion here. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We lay it before you, God, Thank and we say, you. Come, Lord Jesus.